BYU Sports Nation scheduling to get noticed. We'll tell you why BYU football in 2014 actually got a schedule upgrade. Blaine Fowler has been busy touring Europe, so he now joins the program. Does he think the 2014 BYU football schedule is tough? Plus, grooving pitches for all-stars, and mm-hmm. the Davey O'Brien Award signs off on Taysom Hill. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other bevy of media machines. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Wednesday, July 16th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Certainly great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with the CEO of Cosmos Kids Club, Jaron Jordan. I once knew a person whose name I won't mention. Uh, They gobbled up all the Cosmo uh, email addresses at BYU. Uh, And then Cosmo reached out to that person and said, hey, I... I want, you know, that email address or whatever. And he said, well, okay, I'll, I'll give it to you if you allow me a once a year for the next, like, five years or something. It was something like that. Uh, you have to come to my kids' birthday parties. <laughs> so every year, Cosmo ends up, or ended up, uh, going to this uh, family's birthday parties. More proof Genius. that Jerem is the CEO of Cosmo's Kids Club. You know the details. I just knew that story. That's it. Man, tell you what. I am sunburned. I'm sore. My legs hurt. But we are ready for a showdown on the links on Saturday with BYU recruiting. Jeff Martson, Mike Polson, and Tyler Moore. We are coming for you. Yep, and we just tweeted a picture of uh, just some of our shots. Hashtag birdies <laughs> uh, from yesterday. We played up in uh, Midway. And that is not doctored at all. No kidding. That, a three-inch tap and birdie as I open my round. Doesn't I'm ter- happen often. I'm terrible, but, and I at least had one good hit. Hey, listen. I It was it was worth the pain that I went through yesterday. What? <laughs> Come on, first world problem. I'm sunburned. I, I rode in a cart and I played golf. It's so hard. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say it was hard. I just said it was painful. Oh, the pain of playing <laughs> oh, golf. Come oh on, my, man. Oh, my goodness. That is, that is a great problem. Oh, my goodness. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN with today's Twitter question. What is better for BYU, a schedule like 2013 or a schedule like 2014? Uh-huh. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I, this is out from at Wife for Life. I like 2014 because Bronco can't brag about 11-win seasons anymore and can't rely on 8-win seasons. Pressure is on now. Okay, so I'm reading into that. Is, is the expectation with this schedule that everyone's saying, oh, this is an easy schedule to win 11 games? Like if BYU wins 11 games with this schedule... <laughs> They're going to be a top 20 team. I don't care what the schedule is. I want to win 10-plus games every year. I don't care who is on the schedule. Yeah. I mean, if you win football games, you get noticed. I Yes, yes. And I asked Bronco that question related, related to the 2014 schedule on BYU Sports Nation in the fall in studio. I said, is the standard different ever based on the schedule that you have? And he said, no. It's always 10 plus, no matter who we play. We are comparing the 2013 and 2014 schedules today. I'm going to tell you why it is an upgrade. BYU Sports Nation is simulcast in beautiful radio vision. We're on BYU Radio and simulcast on BYU TV. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Schedule upgrade. 
Listen to this. Trevor Ma- sleep on this year's schedule. Yes, okay. That sounded doctored. That, uh, Can we play that one more time? One more time, yes. Now don't sleep on this year's schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Maddich, thank you. I believe the initial was don't sleep on Idaho State, but Oh yeah. We and, and BYU did not sleep on Idaho State. They beat them by 50 points, whatever it was. I slept in the second half on Idaho State. Here's the thing. BYU's schedule in 2014 is better than the 2013 schedule. Do Say I, what? Do I have your attention now? Let's qualify better. Okay? Better, first and foremost, does not mean harder. Okay? Those are two different things. Number two, the balance of this year's schedule is much better than last year. Okay? The opportunity for 10 wins and a top 25 ranking, way better than 2013. Because it's not as difficult and you're not playing so many tough road games. So you're you're saying for BYU it's it's better because they can win more games. The schedule is better. So it's it it's weaker. I think everyone agrees that it's weaker than 2013. That's not saying it's weak. Utah fans would say, yeah, that's weak. Play in the Pac 12. BYU's not in the Pac 12. They're not whatever. The 2013 schedule was tough. That was there were nine teams that went to bowls. Uh, and then you had seven Power Five conference teams, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Ralph Wiggum would say, "Yay!" Like that. <laughs> go banana. But yeah, go banana. The uh, stat of the day. Where is it? Oh, BYU, three. <laughs> BYU has three Power Five teams on its 2014 schedule compared to seven last year. Virginia, Texas, Cal. Right. In 2013, BYU had seven Power Fives. That is the most BYU's ever played in a season, I believe. So that's why it feels like this year's schedule is weaker. And it is. Now, here's the thing. But is it not better? It's better for BYU. When you say better, I just think tougher. So that's why... Yeah, better is not tougher. Right. Not necessarily. But I, I liked... 2013, more than 2014. I like from week to week having a challenging team there. Now, now let's look at something. Just because you're not a P5, and this is where BYU sits, but when you look at opponents, it feels like the perspective change changes. This year, BYU is playing some of the best non-power fives. If you can't play P5s, play the best non-power fives. Teams like Houston, Central Florida, Boise State, Utah State. Those I mean, are all good football teams. Yes. Now, now, would I rather play Georgia Tech instead of uh, so, so kind of an eight or nine win P five team versus a eight or nine win uh, non P five team? Always the P five because national pundits, voters, critics, they will always look at those P fives and give BYU more weight in wins versus non P five. See, I don't, always. I don't always agree with that because let's, beating let's, Texas is bigger than beating Houston. Yes, of they course, similar, because Texas is a name, but Georgia they have Tech records. Georgia Tech. Let's compare. Okay, let's compare the win against Georgia Tech at home in twenty thirteen. Would you rather have which is more important, more valuable in your mind, a win against Georgia Tech in twenty thirteen or a win at Central Florida or at Boise State in twenty fourteen? Central Florida is different because they went to a BCS game. Okay, but, but they're not a Power Five team. But they're the exception. They're the exception. We're talking Utah State. Boy, I would rather uh, I would rather be Georgia Tech at home than uh, like Houston, Boise. See, here's the good thing about these: Central Florida and Boise State have real street cred as non P5s. Boise State did not have a great 2013. 
BYU was a part of producing a not great 2013 for the Broncos by whipping them in Provo. But, and Central Florida went to a BCS game. It's more like teams like Houston that I'm talking about. Okay, well, it just so and happens Utah that State. BYU has Boise State and Central Florida on the schedule Which this is year. Great. And they feel like teams that are from Power 5 conferences because of the street cred. Yeah, and hopefully Central Florida and Boise State produce 10-win seasons. Uh, the win over Texas would have felt even bigger had Texas finished the deal and won the Big 12 at the very end of the season. Like, if you, if you asked me, and I'm going to answer the question I asked you, if you asked me, would you rather have a home win against would Georgia Tech? Would you rather Tech have a home win against Georgia Tech? Or, or <laughs> you want me to ask a you A win so at Boise State. Or a win at Boise State. Or Spencer, at Central Florida. Or at Central Florida. I would always take the road wins at Boise State or at Central Florida. I feel like that does more for BYU getting them noticed with the current circumstances of college football yeah. and how those teams are, than a home win against Georgia Tech. I agree with you. An okay ACC team. It's more like Houston that I'm talking about. Even Virginia. Even beating Virginia and Cal. BYU plays three Power 5 teams this year, Spencer. One is Texas. That's a, that is a quality road game. That's the P5 game. That is great. That is a great game for BYU to play. I know Texas is down, but that, that's not BYU's fault. But playing Cal and Virginia. Virginia won two games. Cal won one game. By seven against Portland State. Uno. Is it the perfect time to play those guys? Sure, whatever. Win, go and win those games. Now, are, is BYU going to gain more national credibility for winning against Houston, Utah State, Central Florida, and Boise State than they will against Connecticut and California and Virginia? Yes, because those teams are terrible. Yeah. Three wins or less for so all three of those that's teams. That's why I'm saying, like, the Power Five distinction. Well, it's, I mean, if you have a one or two win Power Five team, that's different than having. I use Georgia Tech, an eight or nine win Power Five team. Let, let's embarrass. Let's embarrass those lower tier Power yes, Five teams. Yes, crush them. Great. Let's beat them by thirty. Yes, yeah, seventeen plus would be fine. The tough road <laughs> games are spread out, and they are not in November. Another reason why I like this schedule. Yeah, okay, good not point. in sub-zero weather. Good point. In Madison, Wisconsin, and in South Bend, Indiana. Even okay? Berkeley in November won't be it's the worst Berkeley. ever. Yeah. Okay, 60 degrees at that time would, of the year. What would Bill Walton say about Berkeley? Uh, I remember when I was at Berkeley, I could smell colors. <laughs> okay, uh, September 6th at Texas. October 9th at Central Florida. Then you have 15 days before you go to Boise State, which is not a long road trip, and you've got a home game in between Central Florida and Boise State. I like the way the schedule shakes out Yes, with – not having your toughest road games in November in cold, hostile environments. You mentioned that BYU played nine bowl teams uh, from the previous year in the 2013 schedule. They have seven bowl teams on this year's schedule. You include Middle Tennessee and UNLV. I mean, whatever. There bowl is, games don't mean that much. There is enough meat on the bone for BYU to make noise nationally. That is why this. it is the perfect balance. Like, you have enough name teams and enough tough road games against teams that might not be Power 5, but teams that are coming off great seasons or have national credibility, that BYU will be in the national spotlight on ESPN most of the time. If you win those games, you're going to climb the poles in a hurry. I wish there were a few more P5s. I don't know what the perfect number is. I don't think there is one. But seven last year, three this year, I'd probably five P5 teams or something. It's where you get a couple of good teams on there. Cal and Virginia are so bad that it kind of pulls it down for me a little bit. Can Tom Homo control how good the opposing teams are? No. Mm. No. But if you have a chance to play Cal in November, you do it. Why not? Go do it. I tell you what, BYU, I, I just I like the shakedown of this schedule. You you better win ten games even, with the schedule. That's what I'm saying. Even though the strength, the strength teams come from 
primarily non-Power 5 conferences. I love it. I think it's I think it's great. What is better for BYU? What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? A schedule like 2013 or a schedule like 2014? Let's get some of your responses. It's winter time. At Samuel Collier 99, a schedule like 2014 because it is still difficult. Okay, and you can vary the varying degrees of difficulty there. Mm-hmm. But it also gives the team a chance to win more than 10 games. I think I don't think it's super hard. It's not like ridiculously tough, but it is difficult enough for BYU to make national noise. Yeah, you've got to win 10 games. That's though. why it's 10, better. 10 or 11. If BYU wins 9, I'm going to just... Ah, something was you know left wanting there. At Sean Larson 03. I prefer 2013 for better home games. Texas, I agree with that. Georgia Tech, Even yeah. though I believe the 20... And Boise State. I believe yeah. the 2014 schedule provides an easier path to undefeated or playoff. In other words, I'm more interested in being entertained each week uh, and of strength of schedule than than I am bowl access. I I don't think about the playoff with BYU. Like if if they end up being nine or ten and zero or something, let's talk now. It's it's if they get to November undefeated, then yeah, it's just go, so tough. BYU's done it once ever. Go ten and three. Go eleven and two. Great. I will take that every stinking year, man. Also trending in BYU Sports Nation, Taysom Hill on the thirty nine man Davy O'Brien Award watch list for the nation's best quarterback. Five of BYU's opposing quarterbacks also on the list, including California. Jared Goff. And Nevada, Cody Fajardo. Yeah. Jared Goff put up huge numbers for Cal, but they were bad. They gave 46 a game. Oh. <laughs> Men's volleyball, Taylor Sander, Jeremy, your boy, Russell Holmes and Team USA. Volleyball competing in the FIVB World League today against Italy in the final six of the competition. And Brandon Davies, five points, five rebounds, three assists last night in the uh, nine-point loss to the Suns. Philly versus L.A. Lakers tonight. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we continue this conversation. What do you like better, the 2013 schedule or the 2014? Keep it here. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. If you miss it live, you can watch video on BYUtv.org slash DVR or audio on BYUsportsNation.com. Great tweet came in a moment ago, at 4G Diamond. Plaid day on, on Sports Nation! Woo! Yep. Here we are. Coordination. But yep. we didn't. we did not talk about it. This is the ESP Zen. And if you haven't seen the that... The ESP Zen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you need to check that out on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Our Twitter question today, what is better for BYU? A schedule like 2013, home games against Texas, Georgia Tech, Boise State, road games against Notre Dame and Wisconsin in November, or a schedule like 2014 where you lose some of those big-name teams and those meaningful road games in November, but you have better balance. I think it's 2014. I think BYU has a better opportunity to make serious national noise with this schedule. Joining us on the phone, Blaine Fowler. Welcome back from Europe, Blaine. And welcome back to this, I don't know, this gauntlet of BYU questioning that we've had waiting for you, starting with this. What is better for BYU, a schedule like 2013 or 2014? Well, a schedule like 2013 is great if you've got a veteran quarterback and you've got a veteran offensive line and and you're up to the task. The problem for BYU was that schedule was probably a year or two too early. And so... I think the schedule for this season is perfect for where they're at. They, they do now have a quarterback with a lot more experience. They have a line that is, that is more experienced. And 
so they're going to be better. This schedule allows them to make some noise on a national basis, to win 10 or more games, and to set themselves up for a senior year um, with a schedule that's more like it was last year in 2015, a senior quarterback year for Taysom Hill. And so I, I look at it in blocks, and I look at this year as a setup year for next year. And if BYU's going to make some noise and get into a playoff and, and do those kinds of things, uh, I think that they have to set the table this year to do it next year. So which is better for BYU, you think? The 2013 or the 14? Like in general, well, the average schedule now for BYU. You know, I think it has to be somewhere in between. I, although I, I truly believe that everyone I talk to is discounting this year's schedule way too much. That was and, our conversation I, this morning. Absolutely. It's a great schedule yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think the schedule has plenty of weight to it to, to put BYU in the national limelight. I, I think that if they win 11 games on this schedule, they're going to be in the top 10. If they go undefeated, top they'll 10, be in the top 10. Yeah, I think they could be if they win 11. If they're only, and it depends on the team that they lose. So say they lose to Texas at Texas in the second week of the season, then they go on a roll and they finish and they, and they win a bowl game and they end up 12-1, and one, and Texas ends up being a team that's ranked in the top top 10 or 15, BYU can be in the top 10. They could be in the top 10 with an 11-win season with a schedule. So, so that's saying something. We had years in the Mountain West Conference where had they been undefeated, I don't think they could have been in the top 10. So I think they could, win a, they could win 11 and be in the top 10, but the teams that they beat have to do their job. Houston has to live up to their billing this year. Um, Central Florida, who is supposed to be really, really good this year, um, has to – you know, has to be good this year in their games. Nevada has to be back up to their standards. Boise State has to be back up to their standards. But, but there's enough quality opponents on this schedule that are projected to have good seasons um, that, that if BYU goes 11-1, and one, they can still be a top-10 team. Now, when have we said that on a BYU schedule? And last year was really realistic. I mean, we talked at the beginning of the year, and we were saying, Gosh, if they could win nine games, it would be just remarkable with this schedule. Yeah. So now this year we're saying, if they, you know, we expect them to win ten, maybe eleven. I don't know. Maybe those expectations are too high. This schedule has a lot of really good quarterback and receiver combinations coming back that are going to throw the football over the place, and BYU's got to be prepared for that. So it's maybe not quite as easy as people think. And if these teams hold up the way they should with the talent they have coming back, with veteran quarterbacks and receivers then I think BYU can make some noise nationally. Now, I don't think uh, with an undefeated season, they may still be looking on the outside of being in that top four. Yeah. Um, but, but I think an 11, a 10-11 or 12-win season this year puts them in the national limelight, gets them ranked in the top 15 preseason the following year, and then that's their big opportunity. Blaine, the top 10 feels like a stretch for me just because BYU doesn't have the overall quality that maybe they, did have, they had last year. 2013, you had good names. They didn't. Those teams didn't pan out like, maybe like BYU hoped. Uh, there wasn't any you know, el- elite team there. Wisconsin-Notre Dame ended up being pretty good. But this year, BYU only plays three P5s versus seven P5s last year, and two of those are Virginia and Cal. So where does BYU have to definitely make his mark, uh, its mark uh, in maybe a game or two, in your opinion? Okay, so, so they can make a huge statement if they beat Texas, but yeah. I, I think that that's going to be the most difficult game on their By schedule. By any margin. So, just win the game. So that, yeah, it's on the road. Um, I think Texas is going to be significantly better this year. Because let's face it, guys, Texas has talent, and they had talent last year. If you want to go man for man, Texas was a better, had more talent than BYU by a mile last year. A lot of teams And they teams will again do. this year. Yeah, and, and Texas, 
Um, Texas had top ten talent last year. That's why coaches get fired and defensive coordinators get fired the week after games and those kinds of things. Because when we were getting ready to do that game um, for, for BYU TV, I'm looking at their two deep, and they don't have a player, that at least they didn't last year, in their two deep. So we're talking 22 on offense and defense that weren't ranked in the top five in the country at their position coming out of high school. BYU didn't have one player ranked in the top five in the country at their position coming out of practice on their two deep. And BYU beats them, so it's not always the team with the most talent. Right. But I do, but I do think that the staff that they've assembled there is, is a staff that is going to get more out of that talent at Texas. So that's, that's a tough game. And I think Texas is going to have a good season. So if BYU were able to get a win by any margin, I don't care if it's a one-point victory coming down the stretch, that bolts them into the limelight. So, so that's the single most important game on the schedule. Now, I, I happen to think Central Florida is going to be really good again this year. Um, I know that Bortles has graduated, not graduated, went out early and is an NFL guy now. But there was enough talent around him last year that that was a, a very good football team. They've got great team speed. I think they're going to have a good record again and surprise people. So that's another important game because that's going to be a game if they win is against a team that maybe makes some noise on a national basis. Um, but every game is important. You can't go and lose at Connecticut. Connecticut, to me, is like the Virginia game last year. It's, a <laughs> yeah, it's almost last. B- yeah, BYU should win. There's no- Virginia had no business being on the field with BYU last year. And they gave that football game away. And I know it was unique circumstances of the weather and all of that. But that's what BYU can't afford. So in a sense, those games become just as important as the Texas game because those are games you're supposed to win and not only win, but you're supposed to win by a large margin. And if you, if you eke one out at UConn, then the people that vote in the polls go, well, gosh, maybe they're not that good. But yeah. if you blow UConn out, they go, okay, that's what he expected. Then they beat Texas by one, and people go, oh, man, wow, we better pay attention to this team. And so, so I, I think Texas is the most important game, but then I think the games where they're supposed to dominate, they have to dominate. They need to dominate UConn. They need to, you know, to dominate Middle Tennessee. They need to dominate Savannah State and win big. Blaine Fowler, BYU TV sports analyst and former BYU quarterback, a member of the 1984 National Championship team on BYU Sports Nation. Today, Taysom Hill, one of 39 players named to the Davy Award or Davy O'Brien Award preseason watch list. Blaine, how legitimate is Taysom Hill's, I guess, candidacy in, in for an award like the Davy O'Brien? Like, are are you buying into the Heisman hype, or is it is it a year too early? Well, it, it's probably a year too early, but. In the offense that he's going to run, he has, to, he has an opportunity to put up some amazing numbers. Um, if, if they can get his you know, passing percentage up where it needs to be and he becomes a guy that throws for 3,000 yards and rushes for 1,000 yards and, and really, really you know, is a quality player doing it, I think he can make some noise. But I think that completion percentage has to be up. What should it be at? What, what, so it, so it, it needs to be 65%. at 65, okay. Yeah, it needs to be 65%. His, his touchdown-interception ratio you know, needs to be that, you know, it, it should be 3-to-1 type of a thing, at least. 3-to-1 would be amazing. That's what it should be. <laughs> so, you look at, so, so, so think about this. When BYU was going into that, that Washington game last year, you remember we were breaking down that game. Keith Price, who wasn't a Davey O'Brien Award went finalist, was completing 65% of his passes. He threw for 2,800 yards. He had 20 touchdowns and five interceptions. Taysom Hill efficient. has as much talent or more than him. He, he needs to be at least that efficient. Um, and, and I think he has a chance to throw for three. And, and the, the key that he has, he has that running ability. And, you know, ever since um, 
the NFL has ha- had a couple of quarterbacks the last couple of years that are dual threat guys. People are paying more attention to the value of that. Um, and, and, you know, and so they're looking at guys that can run around and make plays. And San Francisco's made hay with that type of an offense in the NFL now. Um, Russell Wilson doesn't run, run around quite as much at Seattle, but he still is a mobile guy that runs around. Run so when he needs sudden, to. Yeah. yeah. So all of a sudden, a guy that can do both um, has more value, and people are putting more value on that. So a dual threat like, like Taysom has a chance to make some noise. Now, does he have a chance to win that award this, this year? They would have to have a special season. So that would take him having a marquee signature win. Now, Ty Detmer, he had the Miami win. Well, how about going and getting a win at Texas? Um, to to vault you into the the national conscious so um, conscious and so that that's that's kind of what has to happen for Taysom. But like this team, I think he has a chance to set the table where he has a top five finish this year, and then next year they go out and make a ton of noise, and, and that that's his best opportunity. I hate to call this a setup year because it's an important year, but but that's kind of how things go. When Boise State was having their run, years when they were playing in BCS bowl games. They had great years the year before, and then returning quarterbacks uh, in, in, in a Kellen Moore to, to kind of launch them into early high preseason rankings to get them in a position to be in that type of a game at the end of the year. And so you almost have to have a setup year and then a big year. And last year can't be considered a setup year for BYU. And Detmer's big year was junior, ironically enough, and uh, started as a sophomore, sometimes uh, as a freshman a little bit. But yesterday we talked about the home run derby, the home run players for BYU. Uh, I know you've got some in mind as we look at kind of all time. We talked about uh, this year kind of projecting a little bit, but who are some of the guys, I guess, all time in your opinion, Blaine, that are some of the biggest home run players or athletes at BYU? I was thinking about this because I was supposed to be on yesterday. I'm going to apologize to you guys again. I got <laughs> stuck in a meeting and I couldn't get out. All good, brother. I felt terrible. But anyhow, I've been thinking about it the whole night before. Um, and – so by definition, you know, it's a person that can finish or go all the way on any play, you know, a threat to make a huge play at any time. Because a home run is a play that in baseball, the ball comes off the bat and all of a sudden everybody stands up in the stands and it just changes the game. And so, so that's the definition I use. Is that the def- definition you guys were using? Big playability. Uh, Crowd was... pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. kind of stuff. So, so, so I picked a couple Distance. out from multiple. From multiple sports that you guys may or may not have thought about, you have to tell me you thought about them. So, so in baseball, there were some guys there right when I was there that were unbelievable. We had Wally Joyner and Corey Snyder in yeah. baseball at the same time, and, and I was in a game ranked number Corey, one at one point in '83. I was at a game when Corey Snyder hit a home run that came off the bat, and not a player on the defense moved one inch. Like the left fielder just stood there. It was <laughs> it was so far over his head he didn't even take his hands off of his knees. And the ball landed on the steps of the Marriott Center. Oh. It and landed on the steps of the Marriott Center? It landed Center? on the steps in the Marriott I've Center. I've heard about these moonshots. Oh. And so, so, now this is the same Corey Snyder that when he was playing on the U.S. Olympic team, hit one out of Comiskey Park. I'm not talking into the upper deck. <laughs> he hit it over the roof in the outfield. Oh. And, and so, so you got to count Corey Snyder, and you got to count Wally Joyner because it's very applicable. They're, they're true home run hitters, and... and I went to a baseball game. Wally was playing for the Angels, and he had turned Angels Park into Wally World. We were down broadcasting a game in Texas, um, and, and he had a game against the Rangers. And so we, we ran into him. I said, hey, come to the game. And we were talking to him, and they were down big. He's coming out to the on-deck circle, and he kind of points over at, uh, at us like, okay, watch this. 
and he just stroked one into right field, you know, over the right field fence. So he called his own shot before he went up to the plate. But those two in baseball, to me, were, were uh, um, unbelievable. And during the heyday, the renaissance, or whatever you want to call it, Camelot of BYU baseball. So, and, and, and I don't know if you guys talked about those guys at all. Um, in, in basketball, there's the obvious Jimmer and Danny, but there's a couple of guys that I thought of that were guys that game just not going the way you want it. Somebody's got to just make a play that brings the crowd back into it. And I thought of Jeff Chapman and Timo Sirolainen. And, Timo, and the reason nice. I, <laughs> the reason I thought of Jeff Chapman was at any time he catch the ball on the baseline, go baseline, take the ball back, scratch his shoulder blades with it, and throw down a thunderous two-hand dunk <laughs> right on top of somebody's head. And it, and it would just change the game. And me, every, immediately, 23,000 on their feet in the Marriott Center, and, the, and, and we're back in the game. And then Timo, the flying fence, at any time of the game, you could be coming down in a fast break, and a point guard would just throw the ball up anywhere around the, around the glass, and Timo would come flying in with his 40-plus-inch vertical jump at 6'6", and just grab it and do all manner of alley-oop throwdown, sideways, slantways, crossways, you name it, Timo would throw it down on alley-oops. And so, so to me, those guys are exciting, bring, bring you know, people to their feet, players. Did you guys, I bet you didn't think of Timo We didn't, right? but you know, did not. You, you know that you're aging yourself, right, Blaine? I know. I'm just, and, and, and hey, by the way, these guys played after I played. These are guys I just covered games for. I'm so, just so I'm going to give you a guy in football now um, that goes way back before me that was a childhood idol, and that's Chris Ferrisopoulos. And you guys don't remember him, but he was one of the premier punt returners in college football at BYU. And then he went on to have a great career with the New York Jets. And here I was, an LDS kid growing up in New York. And I had a BYU guy playing for the New York Jets and is one of the premier punt returners in the National Football League. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yes. So Chris Ferrisopoulos led to Vaisikahema, who led to James Dye. And so so those guys were lightning in a bottle in punt returns. You know what I'm excited about? I think we might have that again this year on this football team. Either James Dye's son who may be able to get that electric back in the return game. Or how about Blackman yep. in returning kicks? And I was punts. just going to ask you, who's the, who's the hero play this year for you? Yeah, I, just, I think one of those two guys is going is to catch all of our imaginations again in the kick game, and we're going to be excited about it again. I, you know, we're, we're every time a team has to punt or kick, kick off, we're thinking, wait a minute, we, we can score on this play. This could be a scoring play for us. So I'm... I'm really excited to see how that goes this year because I think the combination of the guys they have, especially with Blackman and Die, we, we could get, be back to having a, a big-time threat like we had when we had Ferrisopolis or Sikahema or Die. So, and, that, and I thought of a couple of others. So in volleyball, you know, Ozzy Antoinetti is my all-time favorite. Oh, he was the best. It's like at any time he's going to come from the back line and just go into some type of crazy flight pattern where you would go, wait a minute, was he actually floating or was he t- – what was he doing? How did he stay up there that long? He broke his hand and, then, and wrist and played with, like, this club. <laughs> so he's just oh, like, he, he was unbelievable, unbelievable to watch because he was, certainly wasn't the height you would normally expect an outside yeah. hitter to be, and he just dominated. So I think he was a home run hitter in volleyball. And then there's two track athletes that we got to mention. One of the greatest of all time, Frankie Fredericks and oh, then yeah. Leonard yeah, Miles. Three silvers. Absolutely. Silver medal. Did, you, did you guys talk about, did you talk about Frankie yesterday we did, at we all? We went more uh, projecting this season as opposed to all time, so we did not bring uh, up those guys. Well, Fra- Frankie is, you know, how many guys does BYU have that have ever come to the program that had a claim at multiple times that they were the fastest human in the world? Uh, yeah, Frank Fredericks. Uh, one. 
one, right. So if you, if you want to talk about the greatest athletes in the history of BYU, I mean, Danny Ainge was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. Steve Young, unbelievable. But they were never, I don't know if we could ever say, undoubtedly best in the world, period. And we can say that about Frankie Fredericks a couple of times during his career. That's At it. one time, yeah. he had run, run more sub-10-second 100-meter dashes than anybody in history. Four silver medals, two in the 100 and two in the 200. World championships, world records. And we forget that he ran at BYU. BYU's not known for sprinters, but he's our second he greatest athlete from Africa. Yeah, and when yeah, and then Leonard Miles. Mills no, he's the best. Also, and then Ziggy said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let, let, that's right. You got it. And then Leonard Miles Mills, who was an NCAA champion in the hundred and two hundred. I remember talking to Frankie, and he said he said that when Leonard got in the blocks, he says you talk about explosive. When Leonard would get in the blocks, he said he's the fastest human in the world in fifteen to twenty meters. No question <laughs> in Frankie's mind. He says because if they could run a 20-meter dash, Frank, um, Leonard would have been multiple-time world champion. And uh, because he said it would be so violent, him coming out of blocks and so explosive, that it would scare you. You had to focus if you were running against him because he would come out so fast and so hard it would wreck your own concentration in a race. And, uh, and he, he's, he was a big-time big time athlete. But, but I, think, I think Frankie Fredericks, we don't talk about how great he was enough. And certainly you want to talk about a home run hitter. He, Anytime he got in the blocks, it would bring people to their feet. and One of the greatest of all time in, in world history in track. Blaine, it is good to have you back from Europe. We're glad that you survived. Clearly, you needed an outlet to discuss BYU athletics, and we are glad yes. to present that opportunity to you. So it, please... made, it, made me, it made me reminisce, so it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> please come back and do it with us again soon. All right, guys. Good to talk to you. Blaine Fowler, ladies and gentlemen, national championship quarterback, BYU 1984. Wow, Frank 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 Fredericks. I mean, that guy was is, the man. Is he the ultimate one-upper? Well, if we if we talk best athlete in the history of BYU, right there. Wow, I if mean, not the best. Fastest man in the world, huh? Up next, oh, you know more of the good stuff coming. What do you think about this year's schedule? This is Bronco Mendenhall, and you are in BYU Sports Nation. That you are. Welcome back to the show. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. So we just got a tweet, okay? Uh, apparently our golf foes have come okay, to scout us a little closer. Our friends in the BYU football business, right? Yes. We work tightly together. Frenemy. If we, Frenemies in this instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to have this, uh, you know, golf off. Golf off? Yeah, I don't know. A golf tournament? A golf tournament. Scramble, if you're familiar with yeah. what that is. So yeah. so Mike uh, Polson and Tyler Moore, uh, who work with Jeff Martin and BYU Football Recruiting, they are in the control room right now. <laughs> uh, and they, what, what, what was the tweet exactly? My, the tweet from Mike is, hashtag know the foe, and then hashtag then vanquish them. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently okay. we have to reschedule. We can't do Saturday. That's the latest. Boo. Uh, Next, that should give us a stroke at least, right? Next week or something. I mean, we have a one-stroke lead now. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever. By the way, uh, follow the show on youtubecom Sports. We just talked to Blaine Fowler. He mentioned that he thinks the schedule is strong enough to where if BYU wins 11 games, they could finish in the top 10. It depends on what Texas. Right. I don't agree with 11. That means they have. Well, he's thinking pre-bowl. I think he said 11 and one. So he eh, said he may- said 12 and one. Yeah. So he's you're right. Yeah. He's thinking okay. pre-bowl. May- maybe. I was thinking if you're 11 and two, I think 13. Like if you have 11 wins, you have you go to a bowl game, and then that's another game. Yeah, it's hard to know who you play and where and whatever. But 
Well, it's going to be the Miami Beach Bowl in all likelihood. If BYU was 11 and 1, and he said they lose early at Texas, that means they would have rattled off 10 consecutive wins, including wins at Boise State and at Central Florida. There's a shot. It depends what other people do. Is yeah, yeah. Who knows? Win, win them all. Just win them all. Yeah. Resetting today's trending topics, Taysom Hill is on the 39-man Davey O'Brien Award watch list for the nation's best quarterback. Five of BYU's opposing quarterbacks are also on the list. This came surprise as a huge surprise five. to me. Yeah. F- five of them? And then you were like, well, what quarterbacks? And one of them is not David Ash. I mean, what, what the heck? Yeah, okay. the, the Texas how is, quarterback how is who California, BYU last year. How has California placed a quarterback on that list with one win last year? Jared and, Goff. And Cody Fajardo of Nevada. Numbers. Dual was, threat. Yeah, but still. Big career numbers. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, it just. Kaepernick wow. Light. No, he's not even like. So, yeah, five, they will face five of those players on that list. John Children of O'Corn from Houston. Chucky Keaton, no Chucky surprise. Keaton. And what was the fifth? I'm trying to remember. I Boise State Grant Hedrick. Grant Hedrick, yep. <laughs> BYU ate for dinner. Yes. Men's volleyball. Taylor Sander, Russell Holmes, and Team USA Volleyball competing in the FIVB World League today against Italy. It's in a couple hours. In the final six of the competition. I wonder if Jonathan Tabernari will be there. I think uh, JT's here. Is he still here? Yeah. Okay. He He'll just signed his contract later. with that team in Italy. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Brandon Davies, five points, five rebounds, and three assists in last night's nine-point loss to the Phoenix Suns in the Vegas League. Philadelphia and Davies take on the Los Angeles Lakers without Kobe Bryant tonight. Okay, there you go. It's a 5-5-3. We've been discussing what's better, the 2013 or 2014 schedule for BYU. The operative word there is better. Not harder, not tougher, not uh, more entertaining. What is better? better for BYU. I still don't know what I really think about this because the 2013 was fun because almost every week you had some kind of opponent that made you excited, you know, like, all right, sweet. It's not as sexy as 2013, uh, what BYU's got in 2014, but it gives BYU the ability to win more games this year, to be nationally relevant. Now, if you play a tougher schedule... Stop right there. Stop right there. What you just said screams everything I need to hear. It gives you... Well, let me finish. More of an opportunity to be nationally relevant. Well, 2013, if you win tougher games and more of them, then you become even more nationally relevant. Why was BYU beating Oklahoma such a big deal? Because Oklahoma is Oklahoma. Everybody and they was were watching. ranked third, and it was on ESPN and in Jerry's World and all that. The bigger the stakes, the high, higher risk reward, right? In 2015, BYU will face this. At Michigan, at Nebraska, at UCLA, home to Boise State in September. BYU goes two and two in that month. I think that's pretty good. If you go three and one, now you're talking. Like, would you rather play a harder schedule with that risk of uh, h- higher risk of loss, or play an easier schedule and have more wins? That's the old Mountain West model. We're going to play three non-conference games, maybe four before TCU. One or two of those will be tough, and then Utah and TCU are going to be big games. See, that was th- it. This is I know you say this. This is not a, a schedule comparable to the Mountain West Conference for BYU. It's not. You, Central it's, Florida, it's better, but Boise, I don't know how much. Houston, Texas, Utah State, those are all quality opponents. It's not better than a Mountain West Conference schedule unless you're talking about TCU and Utah. Okay? They were part of the Mountain West. Well, they so were. They so, were, but those were those were the two T- games, right? TCU, Utah, and then like two non-conference games that are good. That's sort of like what we're looking at with 2014. I think 2014's better, but 2013 
Blaine's right. 2014, in a way, is a setup for 2015, where I think BYU can still have three losses. If BYU goes 10-3 and three in 2015, that is really, really good, given the strength of that schedule. They'll be a top-20 team if We're they go 10-3 We're talking September and specifically. Schedule. Yes, absolutely. Let's go back to the Twitter machine. What is better for us? What is better for BYU, a schedule like 2013 or a schedule like 2014 at Scott M. Gower? A difficult schedule is only beneficial if you beat difficult teams. If BYU beat Wisconsin or Notre Dame, would have been great. Yes, it would have been great. Now BYU has less of those huge games. They have the one at Texas. Central Florida is... A little bit lower than that, but only. But they're a BCS. They won a BCS game last year. Yeah. So I, should Central Florida be on? Central Florida might be a better team than Texas. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. They might be a better team. All I know is that they need to start the season right, and that happens in late August. Countdown to Connecticut. Forty-four days. Sweet. I think going forward. BYU has uh, bigger games on the schedule. 2016, you're playing UCLA. Uh, you're playing West Virginia on an NFL field. I mean, you've got opportunities in the future against USC and Wisconsin, Stanford, Arizona State. I mean, those games are going to be there. I just, just love the balance. I love the balance of it, how the difficult games are spread out. Win a lot of games, get noticed. That is the overwhelming theme of all of this play conversation. Easier schedule. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming back! BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic B to the Y to the U products. Remember, BYU TV uh, has an app in Roku. This is uh, something you can do if you want to watch BYU TV content. If you, you can watch it online or on BYU TV, but Roku is uh, streams... Uh, and it's like high definition. It's really good. Shows like BYU Sports Nation, uh, Studio C, Granite Flat, which, by the way, announced today that they are renewed for season three. Awesome. Congratulations. So, yeah, nicely done. Apparently, Christopher getting... Lloyd on that program. Oh, man. Awesome. Yeah, I just, every time I think about Christopher Lloyd, exactly. I just, I just want to watch back, watch back to the Future. That's one movie that if I see it, I cannot not watch it. I moved into a new ward. Um, my bishop looks like George McFly. <laughs> He's a great dude. Like, I really like him. He looks like George McFly. <laughs> hey, Biff, don't you, you know, put on a second coat of wax there. <laughs> uh, such a good show. I love it. Okay. Uh, our Twitter question today. What is better for BYU, a schedule like 2013 or a schedule like 2014? I have said that 2014 is better. I've laid out those reasons. Okay. Namely, the balance and the fact that BYU has an opportunity to get into the top 25 and win double-digit games, more so than they did last year. Okay, they're a year older, a year wiser. Their quarterback is better. One year older and wiser, too. Yep, yep, that is correct. Okay, so if they win 10 or 11 games, they are setting themselves up for what could be a very, very memorable 2015 with the name teams, Michigan, UCLA, okay, Nebraska. Conversation for another day. Would you rather have big wins or a uh, total number of wins against weaker teams? Oh. When you, it's hard to get both. It's really hard to get both. I just like the 2014 schedule. Uh, at first, underscore Schmitty, I would have preferred the BYU 13 schedule to be switched with the 14 schedule so BYU could build up each year for the huge 15. That is a great point. Could could BYU play this year's schedule last year? Oh, man. They, they cannot. They can't. 
You know what? We, we should look at things a little more in depth. Yes, we should. Bring, yeah, we're wearing ref jerseys. Why? Bring on After Further Review. After Further Review on BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy and I now have the power of the referee whistle and jersey. Let's go. Let's play. <laughs> okay. Jerem number one. BYU will face five Davey O'Brien Award watch list quarterbacks in 2014. But Texas's David Ash not on the list. In 2012, David Ash had the following numbers. Completed 67% of his passes, had 19 touchdowns, 8 picks. He was a good quarterback, a quarterback rating of 153. He was a good QB. I believe that he was like a quarterfinalist or semifinalist in the Davey O'Brien. But he got injured last year because of one Brigham Young University against Texas last year. Concussion-like symptoms the rest of the year. He was kind of out. I don't know why he's not on it. He's better than many of the quarterbacks on there. So what, I, what I'm going to give a yellow card to the Davey O'Brien committee for not having David Ash of Texas on there. He's a good QB. Okay. Very I got, good. I got something for you. Bring it on, dude. Statements of fact from Trevor Maddich, our friend from ESPN, and Brian Keel about the 2014 schedule being tough. Statements of fact? They think that 2014 is tough. Let's qualify tough. Tough is going to Notre Dame and going to Wisconsin in November. and playing. That is tough. Yeah, that, that is tough. Although, because I love the schedule and because I'm the referee, I'm going to say five-yard penalty on Brian Kill and Trevor Maddich. What penalty? False start? False start okay. for calling this schedule tough. Mm. It is good enough, but it doesn't qualify as Tough. Not an egregious penalty. Yeah, not that. Okay. I like the schedule. It's just, start. It's just t- tough was 2013 with those November road games. Here you go, Jerem. Little to no mention of a guy that you have utmost respect for, a guy that you met yes. and got an autograph from, from and had a really good conversation with Tony Gwynn. Okay, one of the Major League Baseball legends. No, hardly any mention of him last night at the All-Star game. Not awesome. I know it was all about Derek Jeter. And it was too much about Derek Jeter last night. I kind of want to watch the game and not Derek Jeter, especially when he came out. But Tony Gwynn is a Hall of Famer. Like, he's in already. He's one of the greatest hitters ever. And they, I believe they did a little bit during the game, but they did some stuff before the game. Why not honor him in the middle of the game a little more? Le- a little less Jeter, a little more Tony Gwynn. So I'm going to throw, which is traditional in baseball, a flag on that, on Major League Baseball and Fox, for not doing more with Tony Gwynn. So after further review... A, uh, a flag. The flag is offensive pass interference. Okay, <laughs> I got one for you. Related to Major League Baseball as well. Adam Wainwright, starting pitcher for the Cardinals, the NL starting pitcher, admitted to grooving some pitches for Derek Jeter in the All-Star game. He later, later apologized for that. But why did he do what, What's After further review, what, what's the call? Nope. Okay, okay. Let's, let's, go, let's go to the film room here. I'm throwing a flag. And I'm going to give a red card. Oh, and a red card. A red card to Adam Wainwright. One, because he pitches for the Cardinals, and that's his team color. (laughs) Get him out of the game. I mean, you're playing. We talked about this. While we don't like it, your league gets home field advantage for the World Series. And the Cardinals might be in a position to use that. You don't need to be nice to Derek Jeter if he's one of the greatest. He'll just make good plays anyway, right? You don't groove a pitch. He, he come pitches. on. He he said that if he had known it, it would have been an extra base hit, which it was a double. He probably wouldn't have done it. People are like, well, it's a gentleman's game. Baseball. This is why baseball. No, no, is no that's great. that's for that's golf. If okay, take away take away the fact that you're winning home field advantage for your team. Okay, or for 
so yeah, yeah, red card. What's flag, never no. been done? A flag and a red card ever. Come on, well I just made history. I think that's great. The play stance. Love having the power of the referee's <laughs> jersey. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear this for Halloween and just like <laughs> use this stuff against people. Up next, your costume. Red we card. recap the top headlines and discuss more of the 2013 versus 2014 football schedule. Which is better for BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. About to wrap things up on a Wednesday, but not before we whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Taysom Hill is on the 39-man Davey O'Brien watch list for the nation's best quarterback. Five BYU's opposing quarterbacks are also on the list. Men's Volleyball. Taylor Sander, Russell Holmes, and Team USA Volleyball Ready to rock in the FIVB World League today against Italy in the final six of the competition. Cougars in the association. USA. Brandon Davies, five points, five rebounds, three assists in last night's 20. Just kidding. Nine point loss <laughs> to the Suns. Uh, Philly versus the Lakers tonight. Wait, what? He's been playing about 20 minutes. That's what I'm Kobe Bryant will not play for the Lakers tonight. Kobe Bryant. Uh, future guests. How about Virginia head coach Mike London on Friday? They're coming to Provo this year after that monsoon-delayed, crazy debacle of a game in Charlottesville last year. Yeah. The only Division I opponent that Virginia beat was BYU. Okay. Maybe we should ask Mike how he feels about walking into the eye of the storm in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the wideout. He's probably ready. He's like, we won last year. We're ready. Oh, my goodness. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Okay. Uh, it goes to former Salt Lake B and Major League Baseball All-Star Game MVP Michael Mike Trout. Trout. He's fun to watch. He's good. Did we do the countdown today, by the way? We did. 44 yeah, days. That's right. We did. Yeah. Just, just checking. Hey, thanks to Blaine Fowler and everyone on our crew. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Yo. <laughs> I love the random yo that you throw in there. Yes. Going against the, against the door. <laughs> The show is on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and on BYUTV.org slash DVR. Catch the hat. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Paul Allen. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern in Radio Vision. Paul Allen?